slight change to the podcast schedule for WCF on this week. Callum O'Keefe and myself, Harry Benjamin, are popping up here for, I suppose it's a special one-off podcast, really, um, because have you seen the rumours that have been flying about the place all over Twitter or X or whatever the hell you call it these days? Um, so we thought we'd try and make sense of them all. And to do that, alongside Callum and I, is Antonio Rankin. Welcome, Antonio. Welcome back, I should say. It's been a while since you last came on. Yeah, gosh, I was starting to get withdrawal symptoms. Good to be back, especially for a juicy episode. Oh, absolutely. Um, Callan, we are here. Um, some some of us, some people might think we were on holiday. Uh, <laughs> I was <laughs> technically on holiday last week, um, but you're technically always on holiday. I am, literally. I just travel around the world following race cars from circuit to circuit. So technically my whole life is a holiday, but I, it is nice to have you back, Harry. We, we went a whole week without speaking, and I think that's the first time since the start of the year we've actually done that. So hopefully you've had a nice break from me now, and I can um, continue to fill your head with nonsense, because what an episode this is going to be, isn't it? Did we actually have a whole week of not speaking? I still feel like we had at least two phone calls during that week. That's, that's not a lot for us. It's not a lot no, for us. True. I was that getting withdrawals. Please just tell me you felt the same way. That's all I ask. <laughs> Yeah, 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 sure. Uh, anyway, <laughs> on with the show. Um, these rumours that have been swirling Twitter or X, I'm just going to go with Twitter because I don't like X, um, yeah, have come Twitter. from two you know, quite well-renowned broadcasters, Albert Fabrega and Will Buxton. Everyone will know Will Buxton, of course. Um, but I suppose before we get into what these rumours are, Antonia, they're kind of all stemming out from the fact that Sergio Perez is kind of screwed after that crash in turn one, lap one at his home Grand Prix. Do you agree? I will say there's a saying that you're not a racing driver anymore if you don't go for a gap when it's right in front of you. I think Perez is starting to get some kind of distorted vision about what a gap looks like because unfortunately (laughs) that was such an all or nothing lunge that seemed very desperate. I I think he wouldn't have done it had he not been in a precarious situation in his career. I think he's feeling the desperation. He's feeling the pressure. No matter how secure he alleges he's feeling at Red Bull, I don't I don't think he's got many days left of feeling like he's the secure seat anymore. Yeah, Callan, I mean, Christian Horner still says the intention is to re- is to keep Perez for 2024. But, you know, y- you've been on the wrong end of a, of a Red Bull uh, sacking. What what are you? What's your gut feeling? I, I you know it's it's one of those things, isn't it? Where we we went kind of through a similar thing with the freeze as well. Where you know we, he has full support, he has full support. Gasly was another one. He has full support, he has full support. Then all of a sudden they've swapped him with another driver, and it's it's not uncommon for Red Bull to do. That's not common, uncommon for anyone in Formula One really if they're not meeting the mark to to be replaced by someone who is. There's we go through this time and time again. It's there's so many. There's so many options in terms of drivers. There's so many drivers that are good enough that people perceive to be good enough. And there's so little seats. So you, there's no time to waste in Formula One. And if you, you know, if your driver is not delivering and it's, you know, you only have to look at what Verstappen's doing in the other seats. He's doing something almost superhuman, but no one expects Perez to challenge him anymore. Everyone just wants him to be somewhere near him. And to not be qualifying on the front row, to not be finishing consistently in the top three as a minimum, it's just not good enough. And, um, you know, Red Bull is is famous for that. It's 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 just there to win races. So anything that can hinder a potential chance of winning races or furthering their dominance in the sport, the weak link's got to go. And it's not looking good for Sergio. It's really, really not. No, but could we see, Antonia, Fernando Alonso 
in that seat alongside Max Verstappen in 2024. That is rumor number one. That's what I'm going in with. Alonso to Red Bull in 2024. I'll tell you what, I'd sign up for that in a heartbeat. <laughs> to be fair, I think all of us would. What an interesting driver pairing that would be. Can you imagine the fury of Verstappen versus the fury of Alonso? I think we'd see fireworks on the grid. It'd be fantastic. In terms of the plausibility of the rumor, I wouldn't rule anything out at this point. I really wouldn't. I think Red Bull as Callan said, they are so cutthroats and they have the right to be. It's an F1 team. There's only 20 of these drivers in the world. You want the 20 best drivers. There are no free chances. There are no, oh, you deserve a seat. None of that. So if they see Alonso fit to be in that Red Bull, best believe they've got the money, they've got the resources, they'll put him in that seat. My question would be, who would you, who would be your call to challenge Max Verstappen? Because that's what it's got to be, right? It's got to be someone who's going to push Max if not Alonso, who else would you put? Because there's not really anyone who has that same relentless hunger that I can see on the grid. At least Alonso is the one that's the most open about it. And I think he would be a he would be a great match for Max, I think, with his would, level of experience. Would they want someone to challenge Max though? This is what I would be looking at. And I think in Perez's contract, it that's why I always said it's very delusional of Perez at the start of the season to say, yes, I'm challenging for a world championship because I don't think that was ever on Red Bull's cards. He is there solely to support and cherish and foster Max's push towards the world championship. He's Those are the exact driver. words that are written in that contract, aren't they? Exactly. <laughs> I can't believe you've actually seen the contract. <laughs> yeah, there's actually marriage vows in there for them. But no, I just, I think they would be very cautious about putting someone who's that championship hungry in against Max because they don't want someone to challenge Max. They want someone who is the absolutely perfect, dependable number two, kind of like how Bottas was to Lewis Hamilton for so many years. You want someone who will be there helping defend off the rest of the competition in second place to make sure that no one's coming up to challenge from behind who supports him in quali by giving him toes they just want someone to be like his bestie mm, yeah even even if though Callan Red Bull wanted a, a, an Alonso type in that second seat surely Verstappen would just say no he would veto it 100% I don't know see I I kind of fall on where the job that Max is doing now like I said it's kind of it's kind of superhuman Actually, probably the way to keep Max Verstappen in Formula One is to create a challenge because otherwise, what's he racing for? At the moment, he's just destroying the competition. It, it took him about 14 seconds to take the lead in Mexico. You know, it, it's like it's not it's like playing the Formula One game on the easiest difficulty for him. And 16 wins in a season, it it's unprecedented. So if they're serious about keeping Max, which is very, very important, not only for the team's performance and as you know, keeping their dominance in Formula One but also for you know the the business the commercial side of things because of what max is doing in terms of generating a fan base they need someone who's going to challenge verstappen and make it a bit of a narrative otherwise max is going to go somewhere else where there's more of a challenge he's a he's a you know thoroughbred racer he wants to win but you also want to challenge yourself you want to better yourself because you never get these years back so i don't know i it's a compromise because the other question to that for me as a racing driver is are you going to find a driver that's really good enough to get to Formula One that doesn't have that hunger to be the best because it's that hunger that drives you to push yourself to the point where you get there. So it's it's a massive juggling act, isn't it? Yeah, and I think 
there's a really difficult balance to strike there because Max does want competition. He he has said it verbatim, he's getting bored. But equally, Red Bull don't want to put someone in the seat who is pushing him too much because Max will get frustrated and say, I'm meant to be the number one. So there's a really fine balance there. And nobody comes into F1 thinking, oh yeah, no, I'm happy being the second driver. Exactly like you said, if you put someone, for example, Lawson in that seat, he's new to F1. He's going to want to be pushing and pushing and pushing. And he might not be willing to sacrifice himself for somebody else. And my issue with Perez, though, and the reason I think he is so in threat right now is he's just not even close to Max. He is in one of the best F1 cars ever made by one of the best engineers ever born. And he's not even close. And my comment sections are full of, oh, but he's still second in the championship. You can't do better than second when you're with Max. But he's, he's barely second. He's losing out to Mercedes, who've been struggling. It's, it, I, I just think the gap is too big and a balance needs to be struck between challenging Max and keeping him excited whilst also not threatening him. Mm. That's, the, that's the balance, isn't it? But do you not think it, it is a mental thing as well? Because he was, he was there or thereabouts at the start of the year. And in the last qualifying in Mexico, he was actually closer to Verstappen. Yes, neither of them were on the front row, but he was closer. And it, if Ricardo hadn't had out-qualified Perez, you know, we would have been talking about, oh, Perez, you know, great to see that improve for much closer to Verstappen, but neither Red Bull's on the front row, blah, blah, blah. That would have been a better turning point. But I just think mentally, you take an absolute pounding, no matter who you are, when you're alongside somebody like Max Verstappen. But also, I think I've asked this question before, his reputation has taken a massive dip don't you think? Because before he joined Red Bull, Sergio Perez, he was the guy that, you know, dragged Sauber into podium position after podium position, then got his big chance at McLaren in 2013. That was the big chance at a top team. McLaren, though, were on the decline, didn't fit well with Perez, moved back to force India, that midfield team, where suddenly he became the tyre whisperer once again. He was able to drag those good results out of a car that always managed to get the most from the least amount of money spent. And suddenly he was best of the rest more often than not, you know, probably him and Hulkenberg. But then he undermines all that now, don't you think? It's so hard to say because I completely agree. I think there's a huge mental component to this. He's so clearly feeling the pressure. I mean, there was a point actually in, I can't remember what season, 2019, where he didn't have a drive for the following year. And everyone Mm. was saying, oh, we really hope he has a drive. We really, really want to see him in the sport. And he had such big backing. And now, of course, he's just slipping away and everyone's going, oh, get him out. He's not doing what he's meant to be doing. And I don't know where the Perez has gone that can control a race who drives so calmly and confidently. It seems like he's a completely different driver now than he was at the beginning of last season. I think the, the biggest thing, and we see this across a lot with drivers in terms of mentality, and it's a really interesting conversation to have. It's it's the difference in between feeling like you have a team of people around you and feeling like you're kind of the outsider who is fighting their way in. And it, it's it's very interesting because the top teams, they are more cutthroat. They're spending more money. They're used to winning. They're used to producing the results. In a midfield team, it's all about building, right? It's about the team working together because on that one off chance where they can be the best of the rest to challenge who the, the, the teams that are dominant, everyone's driving forward for that same goal. And it's, it's interesting how drivers flourish in different environments. And where motorsport is, is particularly different to other sports, you know, if you, if you play football, for example, you have 
a strength and conditioning coach, you have a physio, you have a mental coach, you have a nutritionist, you have a team of people dedicated around you just to make you better. Whereas in motorsport, you're always directly compared to your teammates. And it's even when the team's driving forward, especially in a top level environment, you're always there to prove yourself, aren't you? And, you know, even if you look down at junior categories, for example, having a psychologist for young drivers who are 15, 16 is, is something that's really becoming more standardized now in 2023. You kind of have your training coach, maybe a driver coach, and that's it. And it's motorsports a little bit backwards in how we kind of support and look after athletes. And it's really interesting, like you say, when you've got that team around you where everyone's growing, everyone's building, Paris seems to flourish. But when he finds himself in the high-pressure environments where he has to deliver and, and prove himself that he deserves to be there, it never really clicks full like properly, does it? We get these flashes of, of brilliance, and we've seen him have the speed to challenge Max Verstappen. But it's, it's never consistent, and once you lose momentum, it's very, very difficult to get it back because, yeah, Formula 1 measures you against your last race, don't they? Formula 1 is brutal. Okay, so... Perez does get the bin at the end of the year. Let's say that. Alonso steps up to Red Bull. Could we see a Perez back to his old stomping ground and Aston Martin? <laughs> Antonio grimaces. <laughs> mm, um, I think... Or, or would that be or, day done for Perez, career over retirement? I don't know. Obviously, he's got a family and he is getting towards that age where perhaps if something drastic did happen in his career, he'd step down. But I, I mean, Aston Martin, I'm sure, would be more than happy to have him back, um, given that he is, I guess, at the end of the day, still a good driver, just not good enough. But uh, no, I think it would be... The delivery was brutal. The delivery was... That, that cut me. I feel like that... Yeah, Wow. Sorry, Sergio. <laughs> oh, there's a soundbite. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I think once he's gone, he's gone. I think, to be honest, he would want to hide his face from daylight for a few months. Yeah, it's it's tough, isn't it? Because it once you've had the opportunity at two top seats, where do you go? What What's next? You know, you've had a taste of, of a competitive car. Do you want to go back at his age and do the whole let's well let's build a team again around and and we remember when he was at Racing Point how close he got to actually being out of Formula One he he won a race in Bahrain it was amazing he was the man everyone wanted to get to get him the Red Bull seat and now we're kind of talking about how he's not good enough for it do you really want to go through that whole cycle again the other question is where you know who's who how would Aston Martin kind of take that because there's always one seat fully occupied for now anyway well. Well well well, 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 well. On to the next bit if of the, the rumours are to be believed. And I mean, I, I watched, I, I actually spent some time watching some Lance Troll interviews this <laughs> from, from the year. <laughs> Is that how you, you spend your holidays? Yeah, I just love, love it so much. Um, but it does make for interesting watching because his, I mean, especially in the last few races, he has been the most monotone Kimi Raikkonen-esque, one answer, one delivery answer machine. It's not been good. And you could just see the light that he maybe had at the start of the year has gone out. And I wonder, could we see a scenario? And this is off the fact of apparently, according to Vicious Rumour, uh, shares worth £255 million were traded at Aston Martin-Lagonda. Um the overarching owners of the Aston Martin Formula One team, again, owned both owned by Lawrence Stroll. And I just wonder, if you're Lawrence Stroll, father of Lance, are you looking at it now going, it's not going well for Lance. 
even the cars made a massive step back to where we were at the start of the year. It's never going to happen for Lance. Do I cut my losses? Do we get out of here? And I'll put Lance in the Aston Martin in, in the hypercar for World Endurance Championship. Yeah. The question is, does he really still want to be doing it? If he's not enjoying it, I mean, if your dad's bought you a Formula One team and you still don't have fun and enjoy what you're doing, is it really worth doing anymore? That's kind of what I'm getting from everything. We're seeing. And, you know, it's not like he has a smile on his face and he's looking forward to the challenging of, of kind of bettering himself. We're seeing these outbursts and he doesn't look happy. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if if eventually you get to a point where you say, well, I'm not happy. I want to go do something else. That's the thing. I mean, his dad's got enough money that I'm sure he'll support his son in whichever career he so wishes. But there's not a spark with him there in F1 anymore. I don't think there has been for a while. He's frustrated. The team are frustrated. Like you said, Harry, the team has slipped so much since the start of the season. It's almost unbelievable. They were on the podium constantly. And now where are they? P15, P16. It's really underwhelming and I'm sure frustrating as a driver. But Lance has been in F1 now good few years he's given it a good shot and what's come of it a couple of a couple of podiums I I just don't think there are some drivers unfortunately compared to the likes of Max Verstappen or even Charles Leclerc and Nando Norris I think you either have it or you don't you either have that intelligence sharpness racecraft or you don't or you're just a good driver and I think Lance falls into that he's good enough to have stuck around for a while but I think it's time we saw someone else in that seat Mm. I, I think, unfortunately, the bottom line is if if Lance Stroll was any other driver with the results he's had over, you know, the last couple of years, he wouldn't still be in Formula One. He would have been dropped for a younger driver, for an F2 champ. That is, I think, pretty pretty much the case. So, well, let's see what happens with that. Um, another vicious rumor, which is completely out of the blue, completely sidetracked, but I loved it. <laughs> Toyota. Apparently, they're going to purchase Sauber's F1 entry away from Audi. And there's been a few rumblings around Audi maybe pulling out last minute. But they're going to do it in collaboration with McLaren after some management changes at Audi that it all falls through. And then the, the end result is Toyota will end up supplying McLaren engines from 2026 with the new power unit engine rules. Kamui Kobayashi is team principal with two Japanese drivers, uh, Miata, who I believe has just won the Super Formula Championship, and Ryo Hirakawa, who just signed as a McLaren reserve driver. I'm not against it. I mean, yeah, it, it I mean, no difference to us. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I, I always think there's, there's this avenue, right, where Super Formula kind of gets overlooked as a great championship and if we get someone who's won super formula come in and do an amazing job in formula one with a japanese team, i think that'd be great for the sport you know japanese drivers japan in general they have a rich kind of history in motorsport they've got a great love for the sport you know we've been going there it's been the the scene of a lot of control it, it's japan has a place in formula one history and i think for that reason it wouldn't be a bad thing if we had a japanese team give it a proper go i mean if for you know how hopefully the people will remember the super guri bid of 2006, mm. I think it was. That was a complete disaster. But hopefully this goes slightly better. You know, if you can do a, an all Japanese. Who was the drivers back then? It was Yuji Ide and Sakon Yamamoto, wasn't it? Uh, I don't think it was Sakon, wasn't it? Takuma Sato. Takuma Sato. Yeah, that's the one. And yeah, Anthony yeah. Davidson was definitely a driver for Super Guri at one stage. Uh, Sakon Yamamoto raced with... Um, <laughs> 
uh, a Hispania racing, didn't he? Um, and maybe like a, a Midland or something as a one-off. I can't remember, but they were great good, teams. Back in the day. Some good names there. They but, were back in the day. Yeah. But I, 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 the reason I bring this rumor up is because I was having a chat with a, a renowned journalist a few months ago and I was, this was around the news of Rio Hirokawa being announced as a reserve driver for McLaren. It just seemed like a bit of a, a random signing. Rio Hirokawa is a Japanese driver. He is racing for Toyota in the World Endurance Championship. I think I think he's won the championship with, with his team over there. Certainly multiple race wins. And I I thought, oh my God, is this is this McLaren maybe tying up with Toyota to go into sports car racing? No, I was told I was way off the mark. <laughs> because I I had seen um, Kazuki Nakajima, another another Japanese driver from Formula One's past, in the McLaren motorhome, and I thought, hmm, okay, there's something happening here. Then I was kind of told, well, look, I think this collaboration is happening because, from a Japanese perspective, you've got Yuki Tsunoda in Formula One right now, who is backed by Honda has a huge amount of backing from Honda. Ayumu Uwasa in Formula Two is also a Honda driver. And Toyota apparently are worried because they're not collecting and they're not gaining any young Japanese talent because the young Japanese racers want to go to Formula One and want to have the best opportunity at going to Formula One. And they don't see Toyota as that route because they've got no connections anymore. Honda is the only one with any kind of route or connection. So that's why this has come about, the relationship with McLaren. It's to try and showcase that Toyota do have a big connection to McLaren uh, to, and Formula One and, and could provide a route to Formula One for young Japanese talent. So that's that's where I'm steeping this rumor in from. But I think it would be a great... Op- I, don't think, I don't think Toyota are going to take over Sauber's F1 entry, although there is rumblings around that. But I would love to see a Toyota entity back in Formula One, Antonia. Yeah, I think any initiative that brings in more international talent is only a good thing. It'd be fantastic to see more Japanese drivers coming through the formulas, um, especially given, I mean, Yuki Tsunoda and Iwasa are both fantastic drivers. So, you know, there's no reason for us to <laughs> to rule anything out. But yeah, no, I think it'd be, it'd be an interesting move to see Toyota in the sport. I mean, a huge name in the automotive industry and bringing in a whole new fan base from, the, you know, from international waters where we're very Eurocentric at the moment. I mean, if we look at what's going on with um, F1 in America, it just shows the power of expanding worldwide. So um, no, it would be quite cool, wouldn't it? I mean, I'm not sure what the rumblings are about Audi, whether that's true or not. If I'm honest, given all of the aggro that Audi have been through just to get their name in their hat and be accepted, I would be very surprised to see them drop out because it seems like a complete headache to go through just to go, oh, never mind. But it would be cool. Yeah, and I think oh, the other rumor was I think Haas are going to sell up to Andretti, but that's that's always been on the cards along with Alpine and any other team going and Sauber. But you know what? Those are some of the rumors that were banding about on Twitter. What rumor would you want to start in the F1 paddock <sighs> if you could? Because whispers travel fast. You can literally say anything, and and it will come back to you within an hour. Have a, what would you go? Who wants to go first, Callan? I w- I'm going to go slightly left of field here, and I'm going to say next year is going to be Lewis Hamilton's last year. He's going oh. to retire, and Kimi Antonelli is going to replace him in 2025 after winning the FIA F2 Championship. Bang. 
That oh, is... Hank Linnelli's fantastic as well. If you guys like listening, if you haven't seen his story and heard about him, mm. go read up. He's a really exciting upcoming talent. That would be cool, he's, wouldn't it? He's remarkably good. Like you, you, He's the only driver in the last kind of five or six years who you, you're watching him trackside. And you see him make a mistake and you're like, ah, you know, maybe he's turning a bit early there. He's carried three Ks too much, you know, or too little entry speed. And then the next lap he fixes it. His, his, he's just an autonomous racing driver. And I, I'm, I'm excited for that one because I actually think it might come true. So hopefully we'll look back in, you know, a couple of years time and I wasn't too far off the mark. Are you saying he's better than Hamilton? Is that what you're saying? I <laughs> next question, please. <laughs> Team LH will be on you. Go oh, on, Antonio. No. What's your vicious paddock rumor that you would uh, spread? Um, well, first of all, I'd like to say I don't condone gossip. It's very bad. Naughty. No, no, don't spread rumors. Yeah, yeah. You did use the word. You did use the word vicious. So that's why it's not great, Harry. <laughs> vicious rumor. <laughs> I would viciously start a rumor about, you know how kind of Red Bull and Alpha Tower for a long time have basically been the same team. You know, they're like the A team and the B team. I would I would say that that's going to be like completely banned, like hugely penalized. Like, for example, Mercedes aren't allowed to just grab people out of Williams anymore. Um, Ferrari <laughs> aren't allowed to just grab people out of Alfa Romeo I would love to see that completely ruled out because I think a lot of the talk about oh Perez will just be demoted to Alfa Tauri is making stuff really boring you know having Mm. four drivers to choose from instead of two I think completely sucks the fun and the mystery out of Perez's career right now so no I want to see like or the rumor that I guess I would start would be like the FIA are cracking down these 1 million euro fines, they're coming in. Any driver who tries to associate with a team that isn't their own gets gets the 1 mil fine. That's what the 1 mil fine is for. Oh, God. I love that Kevin, Kevin Magnuson will be working a second job, won't he? <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact he was like, yeah, Charlotte Clerk could just sell his watch, but I, I'm running for the hills. I'm getting out yeah. of here. Um, okay, I, I quite like the A and B team a little bit. I like that. Really? I, you know, I quite like, I don't know. I, I almost, I kind of, because I like teams to do, if Alpha Tauri, for example, were more competitive, and, and well, if they were as competitive as they were in Mexico on a regular basis, wouldn't that be great? You know, with ev- along with every other team on the grid, like the top twenty covered by a second consistently, wouldn't that be brilliant? That'd be amazing. That'd be yeah, amazing. but it's too easy for Red Bull. For, for Red Bull, for example, it's. The way that Christian Horner talks about Aftari is as if it's his team. You know, there's no denying mm. that there are links between the two. And don't get me started on the legality of that per the regulations. But I think it's too easy. Like, I want all or nothing. Like, if you are not in that seat, in that team, you're out. I don't want the talk of like, oh, well, you know, Danny could be promoted to Red Bull. No, he's in Aftari and there he will stay. You know, I just think it, it would add a bit of zest. Antonio Rankin has spoken, and that is yes. what is going to happen. Mike drop. Vicious rumors. Um, my vicious rumor to spread would be a spectacular return to Formula One in 2024 for the <sighs> Scottish ace that is Paul DeResta. Oh, no. What? Oh, no. What? Gets <laughs> you talking, doesn't it? A no, spectacular no. return. He signs. Lando Norris ends up being promoted to a Red Bull or whatever. McLaren need a capable, strong driver. 
In goes Deresta. If they're Why left with the Deresta on driver, Deresta is the wrong choice. Yes. No, no, he's not. He's he is the right choice, and and you all know why. Has he paid you to say this? Has he paid yeah. you? Does no, he want to come back no. to Formula One? Because this just feels a bit. No, oh, he's been paid not. by Paul Deresta. Harry Benjamin has a big fat crush on Paul Deresta. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a rumor. That's just the truth. <laughs> it's the accent, isn't it? It's the accent. It's amazing. Honestly, <laughs> you're tight, an accent. Honestly. Scottish, hello. Um, uh, they got PDR, right? Well, why they shall we? Antonio's never coming back on the podcast again <laughs> after that. Good lord. Uh, well, those are our rumors. What would be a rumor that you could spread around the F1 paddock? Let us know. You can get in touch on the WTF1 socials. We'd love to hear them. Uh, and bonus points if it involves Paul Deresta. Um, okay, we're done. We're out. We're finished. We're out of time uh, for this bonus one-off special. Uh, I think Dre's going to be here for Hot Takes Wednesday. Uh, but make sure in the meantime you're following and subscribed to the WTF1 social and YouTube channel. Uh, but from myself, Harry Benjamin, from Callan O'Keefe, and from Antonia Rankin, enjoy Brazil this weekend. And uh, Callan and I will be back straight after it to look back at all the action next week. Bye bye.